Welcome to the Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale, Season 5, Episode 19, Chapter 95. Riverdale, R.I.P.? As the gang pick up the pieces after a rough year back in Riverdale, an incident at Pops forces them to make a difficult decision about the future of the town. Okay, then. Well, it's finale time. They did some things. They made some choices. They made some choices. Um, Like, they... It's really hard to do this because we're not in this vacuum of information. And we, you know, season six is four weeks away. Just fucking ridiculous. And the day after this aired, a bunch of things came out. So, like, we, we can't pretend we don't know some of the things that are coming. It's really hard to look at this as a true season finale. It's not because they're going to go five episodes and actually like do a whole little mini arc. And that's okay. Like, I don't have a problem with that. It's just the timing of everything just, again, really just makes us all more complicated. And just like, is it really a season finale? Because if it was and we had three or four months until season six, this is not a horrible season finale. Because it sets some things up and goes, huh, I wonder where that's going to go next season. They've thrown us off completely to the point now where I'm like, I don't, I don't know what anything is anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I've said this before, but I think all of the shit that the writers and the creators put online to try to tease and drum up excitement really does a disservice to their storytelling because things aren't a surprise. They should shut the fuck up a lot. It would be helpful. One particular writer tweeted out, a, or like they're on Instagram a lot, um, a bunch of emojis about like, these are the things that are going to happen in the back half. And then as the episodes went along, they're like, hey, this was that emoji. This was that emoji. And that's kind of fun yeah. because you can be very cryptic in that way. But it's not like actual shots of people on the set and different things. And it's just like, it's not as explicitly spoilery. It's not R.A.S. just like throwing out whole ass plot points for the entire season for no good reason. Yeah. Like and doing it the days leading up to and then the day of. It's just, just uh, I, I feel like they need to uh, the CW as a whole needs to like crack down on them about that because it's like it's not helping you. Well, it's too late now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's too late. But in turn, if if we were in that vacuum and this was a regular season finale, I would say this is okay. It's pretty okay. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a ringing endorsement from either of us. Is it as good as season three? No. Is it as good as season four, which was not as good as three? No. Better than two? Yes. But... <laughs> That's a real one I don't count. <laughs> to quote to quote a joke I made the other day. Yes, that is true. And also, there is a bar that is buried three feet under the floor here. Huh. That seems weird. Eh. Whatever. <laughs> we start off with Jughead narrating, and he's at Pops in his old usual place of a booth typing away on his computer. And he's wearing glasses now, which is Fun. We've seen him in glasses before this season, but it's like, oh, we haven't seen those in a minute. This feels weird. But also, yes, you are an adult now. He's focused, Jughead. He's talking about how it's been a year and we feel like grownups and some of us are thriving, but some of us aren't. And then we cut over to the Pembroke and Reggie shows up and he did not pass a series seven exam. Okay. Which is okay. That happens. You know, it's not an easy test. Professional exams, lots of people fail them the first time around. That's not... It's not that uncommon. Some people suck at taking tests. That's just the way it is. I say that from experience. And Ronnie's trying to be reassuring. He's like, cool, you can take it again and you'll be a stockbroker in no time. Sure. Great. That's that's what a friend and quote unquote mentor should do. But Reggie escalates this plot point immediately. Uh-huh. He says, hey, remember when we had a casino? Let's do that again. <laughs> okay and then you know veronica's like great but i'm i'm going back to new york so it's not gonna work and he asks about carrot top she's like we're done okay great cool so we got that out of the way and i'm fine with them doing the casino that's great that makes sense for their partnership but this just can't the way they approached this was so bad 
you know, like they could have, they could have talked about like, okay, you have to wait this much time. We'll study even more. And then Reggie could just say, Hey, while that's in play, I got to think of other revenue streams too. And then we just leave it at that. And we wait till later for him to say, Hey, let's get the casino going again. They tied up a whole lot of fucking bows for this episode. They did, but they did it so badly. For everybody. Because him bringing up the casino should have come after she realized, I can't go back to New York. Not here. Here it should have been, okay, yeah, I got to think about other streams of income. Because he's still working for his dad, as far as we know. But Reggie wants to make buckets of money. And okay, that's going to get a little delayed because he didn't pass. (laughs) <laughs> that's okay that all makes sense i have i am very much on the reggie runs a casino train but it took off too quickly that's that's my problem i'm just never surprised by this show sure, i'm not surprised at all i'm just like um no so we go over to the white worm and archie's there drinking and betty shows up and she's like oh i'm not the only one day drinking cool <laughs> which is good we find out that jackson moved back home that was the quickest thing ever. No, he wasn't in the last episode, which was a musical. So I, I understand know. why it wasn't in there. I'm glad they told us where Eric went. That he didn't just disappear. He he went back home. Cool. Archie says, you know, I'm sure we'll see him again. Also, great. I would love to see Eric return. Cool. It's a little on the nose. It is, but I I can't get mad about a reoccurring guest star being written hey he went home okay cool his business with the one character he was attached to archie is finished he doesn't need to be around anymore yeah i'm not mad but it answered that question because we're like where's eric cool so then archie lets betty know hey me and veronica broke up but for good this time and betty's appropriately like oh man i'm sorry that stinks for you and uh she says hey well since you're gonna be here i'm gonna be your neighbor because I just got authorization to reopen the FBI office as their newly commissioned officer because uh, you're talking to Special Agent Betty Cooper officially. Finally. Yes, and she's finally, she's no longer impersonating an FBI agent. She actually (laughs) is one. Good for her. Great. I still want to know why the FBI fucking let her. She probably put in all the hours, and if they didn't, she was going to file a sexual harassment claim against Glenn. Come on. Whatever. I don't care about this one. I'm just glad Betty's officially an agent so we can stop with this posturing about it. (laughs) That's the, like, if she wasn't going to become deputy and sheriff, her actually being an FBI agent, cool. Archie reopened Andrew's construction. Yeah. So, like, as we always knew, their future is in Riverdale. And Archie's genuinely excited for Betty. And he's like, hey, is there going to be a graduation? Can we go? Which is so sweet. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, we already missed it. So they're just going to send me my diploma. He's like, okay, well, I'm at least buying the next round. (laughs) Sweet, cute. I like this. Also, I am a Barchi shipper for sure. Now we're going to set up Jug for some success. And he, we are over at Waldo's office. And Jug even starts with, I thought your days of summoning me were over, Waldo, which is cute. Uh, it's a nice little callback to all the other times he's been called to the office. But he needs somebody to run the blue and gold, and none of the other teachers are up to the task. And Jughead's on board with this, which I like this. It's a writing gig. It's in the teaching world for Jughead. Cool. <laughs> it's good for Jughead. Is it, though? Because this is going to give him power. Power depends on how he use it. It could go to his head, totally. But for Jughead, Jughead needs something to do. He can't just work on his next novel that he doesn't have a contract for because he's lost his agent. And he can't just work at Pops. And whatever mystery is afoot in Riverdale, he's going to want to be a part of. But what does that look like now? So him being in charge of the blue and gold or... You know, later we find out it's the Riverdale choice. Great. It makes, it's a good growth opportunity for Jughead. Now we go back to the Pembroke and Veronica is on Zoom and she's telling her friend Cameron, hey, put the word out that the she-wolf of Wall Street is coming back to take a bite out of the big apple. And Cameron's like, uh, I want to uh, do that. Um, nobody wants to touch you after what you did to Chad. And Veronica's like, that was, that was self-defense. And he's like, uh, nobody wants to hire the Black Widow of Wall Street, which is what everyone's calling you. 
try again in six months. <laughs> so Ronnie has ruined her reputation because Ronnie never plays the long game. She never plays the long game. I, I mean, okay, but also Chad was going to shoot her. That's not what this is about. She tanked, she helped tank his stock. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. She like, like that's, that's a double entendre there. She did literally shoot him in cold blood, which is self-defense. But I feel, and this is where I feel like the writing of this was actually really good because I feel that's more in line with she tanked the stock project he was on. So she purposely made sure that all those people lost a ton of money. That's what Mm. I feel this is about more than anything else. Okay. All right. That's probably true. Mm -hmm. We come over to the mine and Britta is toiling away for Cheryl. And uh, she doesn't seem to have a problem with this. Cheryl is saying that Palladium is the missing piece of her ministry, the fabled fifth element. It is a bridge between the physical and spiritual worlds. I mean, if Britta's happy, who cares? (laughs) Like, Britta's like, I don't care. I'm cool. (laughs) I'm going to put a theory out here that Britta seems to have a completely different personality. Well, maybe. I don't know if it will come true or if this is just based, you know, just a a choice that has been made. But I wouldn't be surprised if Britta is actually under some mystical influence. Well, okay. Or Britta's just, you know, with Cheryl Blossom. Well, yeah, totally. I mean, I'm I'm just putting it out there. Creepy Blossom cult vibes. Yeah, totally. That's the thing. But I'm just putting it out there. But I feel like that could be a thing. Well, maybe. But on the other hand, Britta's is doing the classic Riverdale of like, I don't know, keeps me strong for football practice, which is just like, really? Really, Riverdale? Mm-hmm. This is how we want to do that? This is how we're doing this. Whatever. We come over to the FBI office and Archie is leading Betty on the elevator. She's like, oh, keep, keep your keep your eyes closed, keep your eyes closed. She's like, I hate surprises. And they come out of the elevator and it's a surprise congratulations party for Betty. It's very sweet. She has a nice moment with her mom. Fangs tells her to give a speech, which is very silly for Fangs to do. And Betty says, I love you all. She looks back at Archie and Archie has a very knowing smile on his face <laughs> no stop it so you know it's it's okay gray and then kevin's got a cake with like fbi and high cuffs on it it's cute it's very sweet it's got her badge uh and then we head on over to a corner and we have like the first solo betty and veronica conversation and god this entire goddamn season yeah like i i think since betty apologized to veronica for kissing her boyfriend this is the first time they've been together alone Well, you know, a lot of shit was happening. So this is where Betty knows that Veronica's leaving, but she doesn't know that now Veronica may not be able to leave. And, you know, she's like, we'll miss you. And B just doesn't say anything about it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 While this is happening, Jug and Tabitha decide to go on that date that they never got to have. And apparently they've left Dolores in charge of the diner. So they sneak out of the party. It's very sweet. And then Frank hits on Alice and it is the most awkward thing, but I'm here for it. Frank's... <laughs> here's here's the, the funniest, most awkward part. Frank is trying to test the waters just barely yes. and is so nervous that Alice is the one who has to make the first move. They don't even get to it, but we can tell that's what's happening. Of course. He asks her, you know, I'm glad you're doing better. And she's like, yeah, it doesn't get any easier, but it hurts a little less. He's like, oh, are you, you getting out of the house at all? I'm trying to, why do you have something in mind? And Frank is like, um, uh, like he's just <laughs> so stammery. And I think that's so cute. And that is the exact type of energy Alice Smith needs after all of the men she has dealt with. He is sweet, dumb Frank. Just sweet, dumb Frank who lives next door. Uh-huh. Get that next door dick. Just go for it. I just love the, um, so you've been getting out of the house recently? So funny. He cannot talk to women. It's, I love it. <laughs> I love it. This is, this is a fun flavor on Frank. I, you know, I haven't always been a supporter of uh, the Frank character, but I'm here for this. Well, you know. When he was fighting a guy in a Punisher t-shirt. That was dumb. 
<laughs> then we see a ghoulie and we haven't seen a fucking ghoulie since I believe season two or three. I know for a fact we've seen ghoulies because they took over Archie's house when he got back. Oh, that's right. Thank you. Hiram's already been working with the ghoulies. Okay, so. that's that's fair. Good. But we see him prepping a Molotov cocktail. We go over to the Italian restaurant and Jughead's telling Tabitha what's going on. And they decide they're gonna move in together. They they haven't even gone on a real first date because this one's about to get interrupted. And they're gonna live together. They tried so hard to move the plot along for everybody. And sometimes it worked. And sometimes it's baffling. <laughs> I'm here for the Jughead-Tabitha relationship. Jabitha. I'm cool with it. This is cute. There's a little weirdness because she's his boss. But a small town. I'm going to let it go. No, they should not be moving in together. This conversation could have just been, hey, how's your sobriety going? I love having you at the diner. But, you know, if this takes off, I'll understand. Like, it could have just been a conversation about where they're at with their life. And then they get interrupted with this phone call from Dolores. Unless we're meant to believe that, like, five months have passed or something. Which they haven't. We know they haven't. So we get this call from Dolores, and then we head over to the fire station, and the boys aren't even playing poker. They're playing Go Fish. So ridiculous. I love it. It's adorable. They must have been bored with poker, so they decided to just go for broke. No, I think they can't actually show the real-life gambling on the CW. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing that's a part of it. But their phones start blaring like, holy shit, there's a fire at Pops. They all get their gear run to the, the fire engine and all the tires have been slashed. So they get the jacks. And then we cut on over to Pops in time to see Dolores staring at Pops on fire. And then Jughead and Tabitha get, get out of their car. And we kind of see the windows explode from all the vapors inside. That's all the things that have happened in our opener. Yeah, there's more. There's so much fucking more. Good Lord. So now we come back to the fire's been put out at Pops and it just looks ravaged. Like everything's covered in soot and burned. Archie's just like, I'm so sorry. We should have gotten here faster. And Tab was like, Archie, you did everything you could. Y'all are the only reason this place is standing at all. To which Kevin goes, true. I've never seen tires change that fast. <laughs> And Tabitha says, you know, like, how do I call my grandpa in Florida? Of course, Pops is in Florida. Yep. <laughs> and tell him that I burned our family's thing to the ground. You know, like at this point, everyone's there and we're just kind of talking about, okay, we, you know, Dolores said a ghoulie through it, but to what end? You know, what's his motive? And they're all like, yeah, we know he was acting on someone's behalf. Wonder who? Um, Hiram? <laughs> and so Tony's saying that her and Fang are going to go get confirmation from the ghoulie. And Archie's like, yeah, that's great. I don't need confirmation. Cool. Mm -hmm. And we cut to Hiram having a drink in his hotel room. And Archie just busts in and Tom and Betty arrest him. And, you know, we actually get to hear someone read someone their Miranda rights on this show. That's new. I appreciate that it was Betty, too, because it's like, yes, you are a newly minted officer. You need to do things correctly now. It's very true. Mm -hmm. We go over to the blue and gold office. And now Jughead is talking to about five students. And, um, you know, he's listing off some famous journalists, Woodward and Bernstein, Seymour Hirsch, Ronan Farrow. They're journalists who courageously spoke truth to power, freedom of the, the press. And so he's talking about how, like, they have an important role and we shouldn't take it for granted, which, you know, is true and, and good. And one of the students is just like, oh, yeah, you know, that sounds kind of like what the Lodge Ledger does in Riverdale, which I don't think we've heard that name before. Uh, I feel like we did after Hiram took things over because it, it, Alice mentions it or something like that, that she wasn't working at the paper. OK, that sounds correct. I knew because it used to be she owned it. Her and Hal owned it. Yeah, he bought it out. He he took it out from under her after he was mayor. Okay, yeah, that sounds right. But, you know, it's Hiram's paper. And so, yeah, you know, that's just to his, you know, for his publicity. Mm -hmm. And so they're reminding us that that still exists. Okay, cool. So now we're at the sheriff's office and Tom is telling Betty and Archie that, hey, Hiram's right. He's, he's booked, but 
we can't link him to the arson. Even if Tony gets a confession, we really can't do much. So Betty and Archie are like, okay, let's, let's search his Sodale office, but we're going to have to be looking for anything that links him to any type of crime. And Tom says, yeah, shady contracts, financials, illicit receipts. And both Archie and Betty are like, yeah, we don't, that's not really our thing. Like, yeah, (laughs) we need help. And they both say, Veronica. So everything is the obvious choice this episode. Not that that's bad, but it is the obvious choice. Very, very obvious. We go to Fangs and Tony are in some sort of garage and they're interrogating the ghoulie. And we, we just get confirmation. It was Hiram. And Hiram said once he took over Riverdale, the ghoulies would have free reign because the serpents are a joke. They are. He's not wrong. He says, you know, driving trucks and having babies, you've gone soft. So that's where he went too far. He did go too far. And, you know, that's why he's going to get tortured now. Yep. He's going to get tortured some more. We cut out over to Hiram's office and Veronica, Betty and Archie are searching through a bunch of stuff. And we find paperwork that means that Hiram has incorporated the town of Sodale, which means that he could then take over the unincorporated Riverdale and claim eminent domain because he wants all the palladium. Like, yep. that's everything that's going on. Betty says, okay, let me take all this paperwork back to the FBI office and make sure it's legal and real. And, you know, then we can start building the case against him. Cool. Like, this is a reasonable plan. The phones are vibrating and it's Tony. We go back to the White Worm and Fangs and Tony are there to talk to Archie and Veronica. And we find out, yeah, Hiram, he did it. He's also been behind all of the fires that have been going on in Riverdale called that one. No. And they're just like, okay, we'll take care of it. Like, no, 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 no. We want serpent justice. Whoa. Okay. Like they they want Hiram dead is the implication. And they make it very clear. If y'all don't take care of it, we will. Yeah. And they're like, okay, Veronica is reassuring. Like, yes, we're going to take care of this. And Archie says, okay, but I need the serpent's help. We got to reincorporate the town. Otherwise, we're in trouble. Like, we have to do this. And I love Tony being like, we don't run errands. No, because he wants them to go get signatures. He needs to get 51% of those living in the area to sign off on their endorsement. And he's like, serpents don't run errands, Archie. And Archie is being pretty respectful. I mean, I understand the... uh, disgusted it's like we're not your errand people that's this is like we this is why everyone thinks we've gone soft yeah but just like look we got to do this. this is a different kind of fighting which is true yeah and he and he also puts the the fact that he puts out there strategically this is your move we are sitting ducks waiting for Hiram to do whatever the fuck he wants to do mm-hmm. unless we get our shit together and get the town reincorporated so they relent and go fine we'll rally the troops but if you two don't take care of Hiram we will our way cool so we cut to outside there's a storm it's raining and archie and veronica are in the truck and they make up a plan to get rid of hiram archie's gonna tell tom to take a long lunch and veronica kind of goes through the list of like let's say he escaped his jail cell who would go looking for him not my mother not hermosa she feels betrayed by him too and sheriff keller wouldn't and betty can make sure the fbi doesn't either so they're they're making this plan and then reggie comes up he knocks on the window and it's raining outside. And you can tell he's pissed that Veronica is with Archie. He's like, I thought that was over. He says, okay, I thought you might be interested in the smoking gun I managed to require. And he kind of throws a jump drive at them. And Veronica's like, what is this? And he says, it's irrefutable proof. <laughs> All right. So I do love the Archie being like, why? what's happening? For as much as they bullshit complain about the love triangles it's like a staple of the comics do it you can elevate it and not make it based on bullshit but you can still do it yeah it's way more fun if you just do it you know betty's doing some work at the fbi office and you get a phone call and it's the tbk oh but this time we see tbk and he's got his mask on and he's sitting in an old chair it's plaid and he's covered in blood and he, he wants a truce. He knows that Betty's been promoted. You leave me alone. Don't come looking for me. I won't come looking for you. Okay. Okay. Interesting 
<laughs> We're going to talk about this more because I have a theory. A theory. A theory. We head on over to Pops and Jughead's making food for Tabitha because the kitchen still works. We're talking a little bit and we find out that Tabitha has not been paying her insurance premiums because it was that or paying her waitresses and she chose her waitresses, mm-hmm. which she does say is the one thing they teach you not to do in business school. It's true, but it's also a good, solid thing a person does. Well, I appreciate this because it shows that like she cares about the people. Yep. It's not just this is business. It's not personal. No, like it is personal. It's very personal for Tabitha. Mm hmm. This is the best introduction of a new character I've seen in a long time. So I really appreciate what they've done with her. And so then she talks about this article that came out in the Lodge Ledger. And, you know, it's just talking about how it's good that Pops has been wiped off the map because it's just, you know, it's just a dinosaur. Just fuck you, Hiram. <laughs> yeah. And Jughead says, okay, I've got an idea. It's not going to bring back Pops. But it will hurt Hiram's stranglehold on the town. And it might make us feel better. So if you want to do that, we got to act quickly and move under the cover of darkness. Cool. Okay. Cool. Gonna do a bad. (laughs) Then we cut to Hiram in his cell and Veronica and Archie show up. And Hiram's like, I take it you're not here to give me my one phone call. And Veronica pulls a gun on Hiram and says, no, we're not. Stand up. And then Archie puts a hood on Hiram. Okay. This escalating quickly made sense. Well, stuff is happening. We cut on over to the Lodge Ledger, and Jughead and Tabitha are going to Molotov cocktail this. Okie dokie. So they do. And then once it starts blazing, Jughead kisses Tabitha. He's really into arson. (laughs) He is. This is not the first time he's burned some shit down. I wonder if it's that he's into arson or that it's just an effective tactic he understands well. I think think it's more the latter. Same. Two sides of the same coin. No, but I think this is just like a serpent thing that he learned along the way. I mean, it's definitely a serpent thing. For real. But it's also a Jughead thing. Eh. But hey, you know, well, well earned because fuck you, Hiram Lodge. So we go back to the White Worm and Tony and Fangs are talking. They just kind of talk about the whole the serpents are over thing. And Tony is just kind of like, you know, yeah, I have taken a, a step back because I've been doing things on the school and guidance counseling and baby Anthony. Fangs reminds her, like, hey, we've been serpents since birth, which is true. And uh, he's like, you know, no ghoulie's going to take that away from us. Tony tells Fangs he needs to be king of the serpents so that they can keep it going for the future of the serpents and the future king of serpents, which they're implying baby Anthony. Yep. Which is cool. But also she has no capability to do it (laughs) with all the other stuff she has to do. She can't keep all of these things going and be an effective queen if she doesn't have a king. Nope. So like. Well, I don't love that it's in reference to the serpent. This is very mature acknowledging I can't do it all. No. This is this is a trap everybody can get sucked into. And I appreciate, okay, something's got to give. In unity, there is strength. Which is really cheesy, but also very appropriate for this moment. <laughs> and the phone's vibrating and it's Veronica. Oh. So now we're on the edge of town and it's literally everyone with Cheryl and her huntress gear Hiram is being exiled and he's like what you can't do this to me and Archie brings up a computer and it's the video of him killing the guy at the nursing home (laughs) and he's like where did you get this and he's like Reggie and Reggie's like yeah that was me (laughs) Reggie doesn't even give a fuck nope he's like yeah I did it which I love I love that Reggie did that I always knew that was gonna happen I always knew Reggie was gonna be good He was going to betray Hiram. I love it. And everyone's like, you know, we've all seen it. Irrefutable proof that you're a murderer. And Veronica's like, you can't wriggle your way out of this one, daddy. In exactly one hour, Betty's going to turn that video over to the FBI. You better start walking and don't stop. And he's like, what about my stuff? We're going to sell it. (laughs) He's literally trying to figure out what's going to happen to his shit. Come on. Oh, my assets. We're going to sell it and we're going to rebuild pops with it, which fair. 
uh, and then put the rest towards the town. And he's all of a sudden, he's like, I blame Archie. <laughs> his influence. And Veronica's like, don't. We broke up. This is all me. I love Archie's look like, yep. Fuck you, motherfucker. Like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> you know, she just says, TikTok, daddy, TikTok. And like, then I can't remember who has the shotgun, but they cock the shotgun. He's like, get going. Oh, it was Tom. It was Tom Keller. I thought it was Tom. I couldn't remember. Yeah. And uh, then Hiram walks off into the night. And uh, Mark Consuelos is no longer on the show. Bye, Hiram. Bye, Hiram. I know I'll see you again in a minute in this episode, but like for the show, you're gone. <laughs> Which good riddance. Well, maybe. Yeah. I bet he comes back. Uh, he'll come back the way Marisol Nichols has come back as Penelope. Like, they haven't killed him off because they want to have him in their pocket in case they need him. They might need some Hiram shenanigans. You never know. We do not need any more Hiram shenanigans. Hiram emotional manipulation, sure. But keep him out of Riverdale. I'm sick. Like, we've been doing this for four full seasons. No, it's stupid. You know they will. I know. I'm just expressing my distaste for it again. (laughs) We go over to the sheriff's office and... Tom asks Kevin to be his full-time deputy. And Kevin is very honored, but he says no. He says, after the school year's over, I'm going to go to New York because I really need to give this New York and Broadway another shot. I've been thinking about it since Josie visited, and it's something I've got to do or I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. And Tom is obviously disappointed, but he's also proud of his son. (laughs) And this is a scene that made me decide that Kevin is the TPK. This is Kevin backdooring his way into Josie and the Pussycats. That's what any of the members of Riverdale can show up on Josie. That's always going to be a possibility. No, we don't know a lot about TBK before or after this. We know because Kevin showed up in Katie Keene, he has been to New York. Okay, we know that is true. I find it interesting because I also, I have not, as of the recording of this, I haven't seen anything saying that Casey Cott is leaving the show. So if he was leaving the show or he was no longer going to be a full cast member, it would make sense for them to write his character as being not in Riverdale anymore. Would make total sense. If he is still a full cast member, why is he leaving town? The second his former best friend, I know he's still supposed, they're still supposed to be best friends, but like, let's be clear, they're not. Becomes a full-fledged FBI agent and has the whole office now open in his hometown. Also, it would explain all of the knowing glances Kevin has given all season where he's alone. It would also explain his freak out at fully committing to fangs and having a baby. Oh, God damn it. That's why he's cruising in the woods, too. Yep. Oh, I hate this show. I hate this show so goddamn much now. I hate turning someone we've loved so much into a villain. However, if we're going to do it to somebody and be sneaky about it, Kevin's it. Because Kevin's been fully traumatized. He's been in a cult. I could see him doing the church thing to try and like get over it, to try to be like, this is what I'm going to focus on so I don't go murder people. If they do this well, which they won't. No. There is a world in which this could be done well and it could be fascinating because here's the other thing. TBK is scary as fuck, but we didn't go into it enough this season for it to land. If it's not someone we know, if it is just a random stranger that we've passed, who gives a fuck? Why do we care? No joke here. This upsets me. Oh, good. I would consider this. Good. I'm glad. Like. I have no clue. No clue. But I'm looking at the pieces on the chessboard and I'm going, how do we make us care about who the TBK killer is? How do we care? Because a lot of people were talking about, it's Jughead. It's got to be Jughead. Which if he was having blackouts, maybe, but also then the show's got to be over. Yeah, It just does. Kevin can be this serial killer and the show goes on. But mm-hmm. <laughs> by doing this, you have completely and utterly destroyed any shred of integrity. 
Oh, they haven't had that in forever. They never had any. No, Come they on. never have. But there's always been that lingering possibility. And then they do stuff like the Archie storyline this season. Mm-hmm, which was beautiful and very well done. If they do this mm-hmm. with this character that they have just abused yeah. for five straight seasons. Uh-huh. I don't know whether I want to even keep watching the fucking show at that point. Yeah, you say that, but you're you're gonna do it. We're gonna fucking do it. It's really fucking upsetting. Like, really upsetting. I am less upset about Kevin than I am with Cheryl because they've gone all in on we're keeping Cheryl and we're gonna do whatever the fuck we want with her. They make no apologies with her by making no progress with her. See, to me, what's worse is that with Kevin, they keep putting him into these awful situations. Then they have him go through this horrible time bringing him back and then pushing him right back in. And then they're going to make him the awful bad guy who tortured Betty. Like, fuck you. The thing is, he's just an afterthought. Genuinely. I genuinely think it's an afterthought. I think they started with TBK and they didn't know who it was going to be. And I could see we're like, okay, we're not really sure. We're going to set it up so that a couple different people could be it because that's what you do. That's smart. You got to misdirect. But also think who was Kevin cruising with besides Fox Forest? He was with the truckers. I just. Yeah. (sighs) If you're right about this one, I'm never going to let them live it down ever. It's going to fucking piss me off to no end but see the other reason why i think it's kevin is because of what they did with jelly bean because i called it with jelly bean every time she showed up bye jelly bean we can't talk to you go away kevin it's kevin i'm alone keller that's his name kevin i'm alone keller no i i agree with you on all practical points you don't like it but you agree with me well i i agree with you in the sense that it makes a whole lot of sense thank you from just a random story perspective Mm -hmm. but from the perspective of a character who really should have been a really awesome beloved secondary character of a show Mm -hmm. for you to twist people along like this and then land that story to me fucking pisses me off pisses me off i'm not saying it lands the same way for everybody but for me this is worse than cheryl if they go this route for me I don't think it's worse than Cheryl. I think Cheryl is unforgivable and I don't want any redemption for her. I want her to be a, I want her to be a full villain and murder her, but they won't do that, which actually makes her worse. If she was a full villain, it would be more fun. So that's what I'm at with who TPK is, which in show, Betty still has not told anybody about. So that's, that's another thing. We go over to the Tang's apartment and they're talking to Archie you know, they've been working on getting signatures and they, they're not quite at 51%, but they still have some people pounding the pavement. But they're like, hey, people got questions. Like, what is the town going to look like? Which is all fair. And Archie's like, well, hey, what about Tony for mayor? That's who I'd vote for. And she's like, yeah, but I can't. I don't have the bandwidth. And Archie's like, what about you, Fangs? And I really appreciate that Archie looks at both of them because they've been there this whole time trying to make an impact in the community. Love it. So I I appreciate that we didn't even flirt with Archie wanting it for himself. Archie knows better than that. He does. Well, he can have the most effect not doing that. Past Archie would have tried to do it himself. Yeah, absolutely. The growth on Archie has been tremendous this season. We just bitched at them about the potential of Kevin being TBK. Their Archie growth has been phenomenal. Yeah. Uh-huh. It has Again, been. Another reason why I'm pissed. So Archie just says, okay, I'll have answers to everyone's questions when we meet to vote. They're like, okay, great. We cut on over to the mines and Cheryl and Britta are working again. And Cheryl finds skeletons. And then Britta comes around and is like, Miss Blossom, Miss Blossom, look what I found. And she's got a whole skeleton too. So then we cut over to Thornhill and we have a dining room table covered in bones. Human bones. Human bones. And Cheryl's got some questions for Nana Rose. And Nana has answers because that's what Nana does. She's got a story for everything. Hey, we got a problem. Let's invent some lore for the Blossom family. This fucking story takes the fucking cake. So fucking disgusting. <laughs> like, I'm more pissed about this. This is fair. 
Okay. Especially today of all days to have to talk about this. Yes, we are recording this on Indigenous People's Day. Fuck Christopher Columbus and fuck the Blossoms. Oh, for for fucking sure. Fuck the Blossoms for a thousand moons. Okay. (laughs) That's where I'm at here. Okay. There was an ancestor named Abigail. She didn't have a husband. She didn't want no husband, which I love the implication. She was gay. Cool. Thornhill was a school for girls. When we see a bunch of girls, and this is like the 1890s, they're painting, much like Cheryl. And Cheryl is playing Abigail. I'm cool with that. That's cool. No, this whole thing makes sense. It's dumb, but it makes sense. It makes sense in that it's horrible. Oh, well, not the story. I, I just meant the portrayal of this. Sure. The, the portrayal is cool. Apparently, the townspeople wanted the Palladium under her maple groves. Cool. So they decided to capture her and they accused her of being a witch. And the people who accuse her are Archibald Andrews, Jedediah Jones, and Beatrice Cooper, all played by our people. And let me tell you, <laughs> the mustache on Jughead, Uncle Sprouse, along with the sideburns on KJ Appa, are fucking worth watching this whole episode for. <laughs> they are hilarious. Along with the shit-eating grin of Beatrice. Just like, yeah, yes. she's really happy. Let's burn a witch. Yeah, she's really happy <laughs> to watch this lady burn. Really funny. Very well played by Lily Reinhardt. Okay, that shit's funny. So they burn her, and as she does this, she gives a curse. And so everybody... The fathers and sons of Riverdale, who went after this Palladium, became the Forgotten because they were cursed by Abigail. Okay. Okay. So this is some fucked up shit. And it's all in Abigail's journal. Would you like to read it? Sure. (laughs) Here it all is. Not like this would have been interesting information, I don't know, three seasons ago. (laughs) Why wasn't Nana Rose saying, oh, you're doing all this painting, Cheryl, just like Abigail did? Oh, you've taken in Britannia, which I like that we're calling Britta Britannia. Um, (laughs) That that happened during that conversation. It's very funny. Oh, you've taken her in just like when Abigail had her school here. You should have been layering in these things. Also, we accuse her of being a witch in like 1890, which is just like, that's that's a little past that point. Whatever. I mean, it's an excuse so that they can, like, shove the lady out of the way and steal the palladium under the ground. Sure. But. <laughs> so put a pin in your rage because it'll get, it It gets so bad later. It's yucky here, but it gets so bad later. And I have to say, like, at this point, the whole idea of this curse is actually, well, if we're going to go full bonkers with Cheryl, at least this is an interesting bonkers story. Like, just as it is, yeah, it's a little icky, but, like, that's, this is a common thing. Mm-hmm. They take somebody, they burn them at the stake or do something, they put a curse on them, and then all the fathers and sons die, and everybody's mm-hmm. got this legacy sure. curse. That's fine. Sure. There's nothing wrong with that as a story idea. Sure. But you 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 fix that with, again, some of those breadcrumbs previously in the season. While the guys are working in the mine, they come across a skeleton here, a skeleton there. Okay, we know the mines were shut a long time. Th- that that wouldn't be that surprising. But then, oh, we find a whole host of them. This is getting to be a bit too much. There's more bones than palladium. This is this is worrying. Every time Nana Rose opens her goddamn mouth on this show, we have to be prepared for truly new level bonkers bullshit. <laughs> <sighs> they had to do it to us. They hadn't really done one of those what the fuck are you doing moments yet. And here it is. So put a pin in that because we go over to Pops <laughs> and Pops is back and he's talking with Tabitha and Tabitha's just like, I'm so sorry. I feel like I've let you down. And Pops is amazing. He's Pops. He's like, you defied your father and took over a struggling business. And don't forget, I know the debt you assumed when you took over the diner. Pop Tate just looking at her like, what are you talking about? Shut up. And <laughs> so Tabs is like, it just doesn't matter if I can't pay for the repairs. And Pops is like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to give you my retirement money. And she's like, no, you can't do it. He's like, no. But the, on- the only catch is I get to come back and work for you because I miss the hustle and I miss my customers. Which is so sweet. And Tabitha's was like, I would love that. So we're going to get Pops back. I love this. I really do. It's great. 
it it's just it this was done very well. I'm here for it. Also, Pup Tate in his Hawaiian shirt. <sighs> I'm bored in Florida. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Okay. So we go to Archie's house and the core four are trying to figure out how to set up this government. And you know, they don't land on anything. They're just like, okay, we could do it by committee. We hold town meetings. It's like that would be a nightmare. I'm like, well, what if we had, you know, a mayor that had to answer to a council and was like, uh, we ain't doing this after Hiram, like no mayor. Okay. And so then Cheryl bursts in and she's like, how ironic yet fitting the descendants of those who committed Riverdale's original sin debating its future. I refuse to allow you for to perpetuate any further cycles of violence and bloodshed. Cheryl, what the hell are you talking about? The way they let that joke land. Perfection. All four of them staring at her like, what are you doing here? So she drops the book. We have a quick break and we come back. And Veronica's like, so just so we're clear, the Lodges didn't commit any of these things. <laughs> Which is good for you, Veronica. Hilarious. Like, you didn't have anything to do with this? Cool. All right. Bye. I'm here for all of that. <laughs> and Cheryl wants a formal apology publicly and privately for the sins of their ancestors. Okay. Okay. We're not there yet. Because even this, I can understand. No. The reason why I say no is because the fucking Blossoms stole all that land as previously established in the show from the Uktana. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's where her bullshit. I'm like, fuck you, bitch. Her saying, I want an apology for what they did to Abigail. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. When she invokes the land, uh-uh. that's when it goes into such fucking colonizer bullshit territory yeah by somebody who already was supposed to have made amends to the people who truly had a land claim the whole appropriation bullshit that Uh -uh. they did in this episode is beyond fucking disgusting yeah and she wants it now and archie's like okay we can do that but right now we need to put all of our energy into the reincorporation. And Cheryl's like, no, I've spent time atoning for the sins of my ancestors, which is fair. She did. As far as we know, based on what happened after our flash forward, was that she had been making those amends to the Uktena. I guess. Well, and to be fair, she is constantly apologizing for her dad, her mom. She's done that a lot. What it doesn't also reference is like, Cheryl, you're just as equally awful. You're the worst. There's so much there that's just still fucking horseshit because, again, it goes back to she invokes this whole Mm -hmm. trees being nourished by the dead crap. Yeah. And so Archie's just like, hey, this is our last chance for Riverdale to be reborn. And she's like, no, this sound sits up for a vast graveyard of dead miners, which, again, I'm like, fuck you, bitch. Fuck you, bitch. This is awful, especially with all the stuff coming out of Canada, which we keep finding mass graves. Mm -hmm. Fuck you, bitch. Well, not just her. Fuck you, writers. Yeah. This sits squarely on the writing team and the creative team of this goddamn show. Yeah. This is is awful. And this is the only chance this town has of being reborn is for you to come clean and beg for my, my forgiveness. See you at the meeting, and I pray you do the right things. And she scoffs away. It always goes back to, with these writers, you took it two or three steps further than you ever needed to, and you leaned in so hard that you wound up fucking just making it disgusting. Yeah. Because all you had to do here was say, there's a blood curse, and you've got to atone for it. A blood curse from your ancestors, you core four. Y'all are the worst. And then the other way to play this is to have her stop being so pissy mm-hmm. and personal and instead go, do you not understand? <laughs> because yeah. the real point Cheryl's trying to make, and then they play it this way later, mm-hmm. which I don't know why they didn't hear. Yeah. Don't y'all get it? You can't fix this town unless you fix problems like this. Which is Fair. That's the point she's supposed to be making. Yeah, but that's on an evolved level that these writers have none of. It's fucking stupid. 
And you don't ever have to talk about the Gaia and land worship bullshit of this. No. When all she has to point out is like, you guys are trying to rebuild this town and make it something new, but you haven't even done the work to investigate the past. Well, it's like we have to acknowledge our horrible roots and our horrible history. And we have that. And that is fair. And lean straight into the supernatural stuff you're planning on getting to. Sure. That's a big part of it. Sure. I also have a real big problem with the fact that she's making it all about the land. It's like, you didn't own the land. No. Abigail never owned the land. I would have loved if we had found out from Abigail's journal that it was Abigail who was trying to atone for what her family did to the Uctana with the school and all of that. And that's why people thought she was a witch and whatnot, because then it would have been like, okay, Cheryl's going to model herself after Abigail. And doing the right thing and trying to atone for these sins. Ugh, but no, this is it's gross. It's gross and bad. Gross and bad. The whole point of this stuff is that no one owns the land. No one should own the land because the land is the land. God damn it. It's just bad. Come on. <sighs> we go over to the blue and gold office and Jughead's giving his pep talk to his journalist group. Journalism pep talk. Yep. And he's just like, okay. Today, we're going to decide if we're going to reincorporate this town and we have to be ready to publish, but not as the blue and gold. We are now the Riverdale choice, a free press for all of Riverdale. Whatever happens in our town, we're going to report on it truthfully and without bias. And whoever is in charge, we're going to hold them accountable, even if they're our friends, especially if they're our friends. That's going to come back. Oh, it, it will. Because he's going to publish something that pisses them off. Yeah. He's going to have some choices he's going to have to make, which I like. That's a great complication for Jughead. Uh, he's he's totally going to have to have a story that throws Archie under the bus because Archie's going to do something wrong. But Archie doesn't get, he's not on the council. Still, something's going to But he's going to have up. sources. It's going to be a whole thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I like it. It's a good complication. I also love the fact that they have already printed covers for both outcomes. Yep. I was like, I like this, Jug. This is Jug being a responsible journalist. Jug is ready to go. So we go over to the El Royale, the fire station, where they're having the meeting because the town hall is a burnt husk. It's a fire hazard. And Veronica goes up to Reggie and she's like, okay, I'm in on the casino. Like, let's make this happen. And so Reggie says, hey, we could use Pearls and Posh as our cover. And Veronica says, we may not even have to do that. It's real fun that Veronica is still being very cagey with Reggie about why she's decided she's not going to New York. Yeah. And so Archie makes his speech and it's good. And then Cheryl interrupts it. She's just like, I pray Hotel will be on this council of four narcissists. Let me guess, you, Betty, Veronica, and Jughead. And we see all their faces and they're like, bitch, no. (laughs) I love the fact, though, that the, the, the writers there Mm-hmm. they're horrible for what they just did. But on the other hand, this is a fun bit because everybody thinks immediately, well, yeah, the core four would be the leaders, right? Yeah, the audience would. What's your first assumption? Sure, fair. At least one of them. Actually, we were going to propose the council be Tabitha Tate, Tony Topaz, Alice Smith, and my uncle Frank. And Cheryl's just kind of like, okay, what about the past, Archie? And Cheryl's just a bitch with a bone. Archie's like, Cheryl, tonight's not about the past, but I promise you, no more empty promises. So she says uh, Thornhill and her lands will cede from the corrupt township of Riverdale. Whatever happens tonight, you lot will have no jurisdiction over it or its blessed inhabitants. And Betty tries to be like, Cheryl, come on. Nay, cousin, what is decreed is decreed. (laughs) And leaves, which is. Very Cheryl and kind of, it's pretty funny. I always love a nay cousin. Nay cousin! <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's great. I love that Cheryl's living in a different century. All you had to do was, like, a couple steps back. Sure. And keep it to the curse. If it was just about a curse, this would be fine. hmm But instead, <laughs> you added all this extra bullshit. Yeah. So the town votes. Yay, Riverdale's back on the map. Cool. <laughs> and so after that, Veronica and Reggie approach the council members like, hey, you know, let's have a family-friendly casino. That made me guffaw. Oh, so funny. And they are not interested. They are not enthusiastic. 
and she's not going to get the friend treatment. They're like, yeah, we've got potholes and streetlights. We've got to fix. We're like, just no. Do you want to turn it into Sodom and Gomorrah? And Tony kind of like softens. It's like, what we're saying is give us a full proposal next month. Like you're going to have to do your work, bitch. I like that they all show their very specific personalities on how they're going to be on this council. Yep. Alice is already Alice. She's pulling morality bullshit. Frank is just being practical. We have potholes we have to fix. Come on. Tabitha's all about the business and the bottom line. And Tony is the leader. She's going to be the leader. I I feel Tony has that guidance counselor thing where it's just like, hey, show us an actual proposal. Like, we need to see, you know, the nuts and bolts of this operation. I think this is a good counsel. Sure. And I think Alice's morality, it could it could be mistaken as morality bullshit. I think it's far more about like, we've been through all this shit and we're going to throw a casino in the town. I never trust Alice, okay? Well, fair, but still. I'm never going to trust Alice. I trust her more than a blossom, but still. <sighs> I, hopefully she learns how to be not too hypervigilant. <laughs> I think that's just her knee-jerk reaction to anything. <gasps> it's immoral. Don't do it. But, you know, Alice is a serpent. Okay, we forget that. Betty and Archie have a little moment in his office where he's, like, smiling as people are mingling. And, uh, you know, they're like, okay, Riverdale lives to fight another day. What about Cheryl? Should we be worried? Nah, she'll come around. No, she will not. And Archie's just like, what are you doing later? Oh. Oh. So we go back to Thornhill and Cheryl has decided that Thornhill is going to be a school again. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm down with that. See, this scene actually works and I don't know why they took such a left turn in the scenes before. Because they don't know what they're doing. No. And they don't have any sensitivity readers anywhere in like a 50 mile radius of this writer's room or Vancouver. Okay. <sighs> there are none apparently. But Cheryl decides that she's going, she's encouraged to read Abigail's last words, the curse. Nana Rose gives them to her. She gives them to her to open this new chapter of their lives. <laughs> and so she reads it all. And we, you know, we flash back to the original Abigail and, you know, the, the three with their funny costumes. And she basically just says, I'm going to destroy you. And then this wind blows and all the fires are put out in Thornhill. She curses them, I should also add, in Satan's name. In Satan's name. And I got to point out here, too, I think a little bit of a challenge to your Britta theory is Britta mm. looks very concerned. But she doesn't. Yeah. I don't think she's that concerned. I think I she think is. I think she's surprised by the wind. I also think these people have no fucking clue what they're going to do with Britta. Well, there's that, too. <laughs> Um, we cut on over to the new sign that Archie has put up. Um, you know, welcome to Riverdale. The town with pops. <laughs> Not the town with pep. The town with pops. And it's got a little image of um, Pop's Diner there, which is very cute. I, I, I do. I can't get away with not mentioning the best big dumb Archie moment when they're all looking at him and being like, this is your best work yet. And he's like, this is just the plywood side. It's a piece of plywood. <laughs> and then they're like, Archie. oh sweet sweet boy and you know they're all excited about this it's alice and frank and betty and archie and then this wind comes in like that's bizarre the weatherman didn't call for wind today and they're like oh really cold and then we cut to outside pops with jughead and tab with them like oh this wind it feels like someone's walking on my grave okay okay that's an interesting line well those are the three because it's all three of those families. Because Alice, Alice, she was a Cooper, and Frank Andrews. So Alice wasn't a Cooper. Alice is a Smith. She's a Smith, but she married into the Cooper family. So I mm. could see her being how that works. Anyway, so that that all tracks. And then we go to the Pembroke, and we see all of the kids from Veronica's econ class, like looking at data. They're on the computer, and they're on headsets and stuff, and Veronica goes to the back and they've got all of the gaming tables set up and she just looks at Reggie's like from a classroom to a boiler room only in Riverdale and her and Reggie kiss. <laughs> they really fucking did that. 
<laughs> really just threw the fucking kids in the front. Of course they did. This is part of their grade now. To run the fucking equity investment firm. <laughs> yep. So then we go over to Archie's kitchen and Betty and Archie are having a beer and they're laughing, having a good time. And Archie's just like, I want us to try again, like, but for real, not as friends with benefits. Can we try again? And Betty's just like, we can. I want to be with you too, Arch. And like, this is all she has wanted since season fucking one. S1E1. So I love this. They kiss and then they go upstairs and they're starting to get it on. And then they're, but they stop. It's like, do you hear that? And it's ticking. I'm like, is it the clock? And Archie looks under the bed and there's a bomb. And then we cut to Hiram looking at his little countdown bomb clock and just he's saying tick tock, tick, tick, tick. And then we see him drive away and we see kind of not really the skyline of Riverdale, but we see something on fire and smoke blowing up above it, which we assume is Archie's house. Riverdale. They, they got away before the bomb blew them up. I guarantee. I think the bomb wasn't as effective as it was supposed to be. So it did set off of a fire. They are going to be injured, but like nobody's dead. No, they're going to have like cuts and scrapes, but the house will be gone. I don't think the house will be gone. I think like the upstairs is going to be gone. They're going to have to live in Alice's house for a minute. Which is fine because Frank and Allison are going to be doing it and Archie and Betty are going to be doing it. It'll be fine. Well, yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's why it's going to work. It's now the Cooper Andrews house. It's the Cooper Andrews. Jesus, fuck that house. (laughs) Fuck that house. Anyways, so that is the end of season five. They really fucking did that, huh? They did that. So, yeah, so we have to talk a little bit more about the next time on. There's, There's already a trailer for that. But there's also just more stuff coming out. So that was a really good time to, if you don't want any spoilers, to go away. (laughs) It's for real, because there's some big ones. There's already some big shit coming out. Um, We've already seen that Nick St. Clair is coming back, um, which is going to have to do with the casino. I think we mentioned that in last week's episode. I think we did, but I'm just going to restate it here. But literally the day after this episode aired, we find out that Kiernan Shipka is coming to Riverdale. Miss Sabrina Spellman herself is coming from Greendale, or hell, if you finished uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, to deal with Cheryl. It sounds like she's going to be in episode four, um, so I don't think she's going to be in the whole five-episode arc, but she is showing up. She'll probably be four and five, I would imagine. I don't care. I love Kiernan Shipka, so that's cool. We stopped covering The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina because of how bad it got. I, I watched all of it, but I wasn't going to give it this much work. I think not having network standards they had to follow, they just went crazy. But if you don't know, she dies at the end of it. So people being confused about why Sabrina is showing up again makes a little sense. But as David pointed out in our main cast, Cheryl invoked Satan a lot. Yeah. Satan is Sabrina's dad? A little bit. So cool. Oh, Sabrina... Sabrina will be dead, but she's coming back from hell to come deal with whatever bullshit's going on. Sure. So, like, season six is going to start with a five-episode event, which is kind of cool because that episode five is actually episode 100 for Riverdale. So that's kind of cool. Season six is going to premiere on November, I believe it's the 16th, and it's moving to a new night Tuesday, which means this show will also be moving to a Tuesday for releasing. But they keep talking about, like, it's a five-episode event, and my real suspicion is that this curse kind of puts Riverdale in this bubble where Cheryl gets to be in charge or she's orchestrating everything that's happening with people and then it goes awry and it gets really bad and then that's why we have to have Sabrina because she needs a real witch to come like fix some shit or strike Cheryl down. She's been messing with some bullshit. You've been messing with some bullshit. Um, I could also see a world where it's, you know, the imagination of someone who's in a coma who just got blown up. Cough, cough, Archie, cough, cough. Either of those things could be possible. Because of the addition of Sabrina, I think it's going to be like we're in a a witch bubble. (laughs) Yeah. I'm calling it a witch bubble. Bubble. A bubble. bubble. And then they're going to have to do like a spell to reset before the bomb. And then, yeah. And then, of course, in the middle of this, we have, you know, TBK. Yeah, which I think still think is Kevin. So, so bad. Here's my thing. 
TBK is not going to be addressed in those five episodes. I almost guarantee it. The only thing I could see being addressed is that at some point we see Betty telling somebody what happened. Probably. That's the only thing I could see. But yeah. So yeah, that's season five. We'll be back in four weeks for season (laughs) six. Fuck it. We don't even have like an actual season break. We'll just call it a hiatus and move on. Yeah, that's really what it is. (laughs) But yes, that show is moving to Tuesdays. So that means our episodes will be coming out on Tuesdays as well. Because we like our episode to come out the day of as your prep for the new episode that's coming out that night. So I guess until next time, hashtag Bulldogs forever. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.